Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're going to have this ability to now reframe. Allow yourself time throughout the day to stress the fuck out. The thoughts and the feelings and the behavior cycle can start changing. How does stress impact your weight loss journey and life in general? Uh, That's what we're talking about today. Dr. Paul is here. Hello. Hi. Good morning, Gina. Good morning. Hello, everyone. So right before we came on, you're like, you were, you were glad we're having this topic because it's such a big topic. What, in what way are people not having the conversation about stress? Let's go, let's get right into that because people talking about stress and all that, but in, in what way do you want to talk about it? Well, I, I think that the first thing that I, I think is the most valuable point to bring up and to really let it soak into our understanding of stress is that we have a very negative focus of stress. And so meaning if I'm under stress, it's always a bad thing. And then that creates like a mental, emotional, neural circuitry response that is always going to have the negative aspect of stress. But we have to remember every time you go to the gym, uh, every time you try to learn something new, like let's say a, a new uh, dance move or language, you're stressing your body. This is, uh, you know, another another really good example that just came to mind that's really topic of the jour is things like saunas and ice tubs and cold plunges, cold showers, things that I've talked about more so in my realm that these are stressors. Like if you go to a laboratory, they might do that to uh, a participant to kind of see what kind of stress response they get. But are those bad things? Not necessarily. So The first thing I really want to emphasize with everybody is that we talk about stress, but there is something called distress. And then something called eustress. Eustress is actually positive stress. And this actually came right from the original definition of stress. So I I think maybe, um, you know, we have this negative only skies falling always like I'm, I'm under a lot of stress, but maybe if we start reframing as being like, okay, so how can I use this maybe to my advantage and build my resiliency? So that mindset shift is important. Ooh, I love that resiliency. Okay, so how do we reframe stress then? Yeah, so I, I think that there's, uh, I mean, this is just conversations I have with patients over and over. Like, you know, I, I'm just, I can just think about patients yesterday uh, where, you know, they're dealing with uh, symptoms that have come up. They might have like looked at new blood tests. You know, I had a patient just yesterday that's part of the program uh, and they just got some news that they weren't really excited about. They weren't happy and, and found out that, they, you know, had sleep apnea. And to me, you know, right away when I saw that, I, you know, they were very, you know, very dis- distressed about it, if we're going to use that term. But for the first time, after we talked about it, I said, for the first time, you actually have a reason that you now know that is causing this unrelenting fatigue. So yeah. instead of instead of being like, okay, so th- we're at rock bottom in a sense, but now I, instead of them focus down on where they're kind of like where I am, I kind of ask them to refocus up and say, okay, so where can I go based on this information that I know? So just using that one example, now it's like, okay, so now we have something we can focus on to address. So we came up with a plan of action and you can even do this in your own mind, Gina. Anybody can write in their own journal being like, okay, so I have these things that I can't change or that are my realities. I've, I've written them down. I've owned them. However, they are not me. I'm more than that. And now I can use that to now motivate my plan of action to go forward. And so looking at that list, what can I change and what can't I change? And and when you start looking at it in those terms, you know, you're now going to be having a productive response to the stress instead of just allowing it to just smother you. And I think a lot of people just feel like they can't move uh, past it because they're just in it and and it, they're stuck in it. And that's a mindset shift denying it right like i because stress obviously has an impact on people's ability their body's ability to focus on fat loss so definitely want to get in and talk specifically stress and and weight loss with you but i i've come across so many people 
who are like, but I'm, I'm not stressed. I'm not stressed. I'm like, are, are you sure you're not stressed? Like, tell me about your life. Oh, well, you know, I've got three jobs. I'm going to school. I'm selling my house. I'm in the middle of a divorce and you know, I've got four young children and I'm like, yeah, you, you stressed, you you stressed. So we're not talking about like toxic positivity or denial or, or, you know what I mean? Or even acceptance. So this is a little, this is a little different. So this is, and then to your point, so many people are like, there's nothing I can do about my stress. There's nothing I can do about it. I work shift work. I'm going to school. I have kids, but there is something that you can do about stress. Yeah, there is. And I'm I'm glad you brought that up because that, you know, that is the flip side of what I'm talking about is like, no, all's good. Like when everyone, someone says, you know, how are you doing? They're like, amazing, amazing. And in reality, you're, you're not. And so that's, yeah, that's just not being truthful. And I think that that's, that's, that's an issue in it in of its own right. Um, what we're talking about more so is still looking for ways to be grateful for what you do have, the victories that you have won and the journey that you are on instead of living, I'm going to be good when I get there. And yeah. Something that I, I see with my patients all the time, you know, and, and and it's it's in fact more and more. I think it's a big obstacle to like weight loss is because a lot of people are just unhappy, and unhappiness is a stressor. Like if you are constantly in a state of anxiety and happiness because I'm like overweight, and and that becomes a negative experience all the time, then that's going to create those stress hormones, and that's going to limit your body's ability to convert thyroid hormone, which is required for metabolism. It's going to store fat in around the waist where a lot of your cortisol receptors are. I mean, we could go down this rabbit hole. I know we are going to here, but there's a whole metabolic and hormonal cascade that happens just from the one thought process. Instead of being like, I'm on this journey. I want to, I need to love myself in this state, in the, in the process, not saying I I love the weight. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I need to also be present right now. And then that's going to allow me to move forward in a positive way rather than living in the, in the future. And I'm, and, and a person is never going to get there because they feel like I'm always stuck here. And so that's yes. what I kind of talk with my patients. And I think just a good place to start just because I'm a big practical guy. I don't want to just like talk these, you know, airy fairy types of things like be positive. One simple thing that everybody can do. And I know you probably talked about this, Gina is, um, Take on an attitude of gratitude, especially in the morning. If you can think of some positive things, that's so powerful because it starts reframing your current state instead of, like I said before, it's it's always surrounded by negativity. But like, okay, let's focus on what you are doing well. Let's focus on what is going well. And that changes your state. And your thoughts create your internal hormonal cascade, your internal metabolic cascade. So you can change your life, your cells by your thoughts. I love that. One of our members is talking, when in huge stress, I get up every morning and think of three things I'm most grateful for, which make me start every day in a positive frame of mind. I love that. I, I want to go back yeah. on this stuck because I, I think a lot of people, they get stuck. They get stuck uh, in their feels. They get stuck dealing with something. And I've never really thought of stress being the reason while why I am stuck. That really resonated with me when you said that. So let's, let's get into that then. Like you must, I know, I know the impact that stress has on people, especially when they're trying to lose weight. You obviously know the impact that it has on people. How do we get people, our members to understand the impact that stress is having on them? Is this where we go down the rabbit hole of the way stress affects us. Like, I don't think people are really getting it. I think everyone's talking about stress and maybe they hear cortisol and, you know, all these things, but I, I don't think people really understand the impact that stress has on their body. Yeah. I think it's probably valuable, Gina, for us just to take a quick step back and just look at kind of what people define. Like when, when you tell me I'm stressed, Mm-hmm. that actually might be a totally different experience than what another member that's listening to this is. So like mm-hmm. th- that's part of the problem is that people think like I'm stressed. I mean, usually in my experience associate that with I'm anxious. And so that those two are not the same thing. Uh, so when you are anxious, you definitely put in your body in a state of stress, but you can also have stressors that may, a person may not have the predisposition on a mental emotional state to go into the, into, into an anxious uh, 
situation or environment. And, and, and that might be perceived as like, I don't have any stress. But then when you start looking at all the different things, as you pointed out, jobs, family, relationships, uh, you know, finances go down the list, stuff that we all deal with. And you start and you start recognizing, realizing I do have a lot on my plate and um, there are things that that's having an impact on in my life that is not positive. Um, a great example uh, is another person that I had earlier uh, this week, and they uh, they basically one really important question. I think this is something really helpful for everybody that's listening to do is uh, map out your weight history. So like yeah. from childhood, look at, you know, what are some of the things that you've gone through and then what events in your life have maybe shaped the current physical state that you're in. And yeah. I go through, I go through this in detail as part of a naturopathic consult, but I think people can do it themselves. And then what you'll notice is that usually there's a couple events, Gina, that they're like, after this, I really noticed a big spike in my weight. So like, for example, you know, COVID. A lot of big people gain weight during COVID. And so when you start teasing things out, what are the things that might have influenced you? So people say, oh yeah, I gained weight over COVID. So what does that mean actually? Yeah. Is that because mm-hmm. you were stressed? So there was a lot of existential, existential stress that people experienced. How did you cope with that? Well, you know, I didn't go to bed as well. I started drinking more. I, I used food as coping. And so what are the, all the underlying reasons of that? It's not that you didn't know what to eat. You know that chips are not healthy at, at nine o'clock at night. Most people know that. But you were trying to self-medicate. And that, when you start realizing that, you're like, wow, you know what? I actually am putting things in my life that I'm coping with what I perceive as, as, as stress. And it might not be anxious. So anyways, I think the definition piece, I hope that that's helpful for people to understand that first we need to, in order to really understand stress and the impact on our lives, us personally, is we should probably look at our history and be like, okay, so where did really things change where I started gaining weight? And a lot of times for people that especially are stuck, Gina, it usually is after some sort of stressful event in their life. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is a, you know, I love that you mentioned that going back and mapping your weight loss history. I mean, I, I think it's good to go back to understand what you've done and, you know, sort of where you're at now. I think that's how you move forward. And even Dr. Beverly talks about this too, for, for more of a, you know, a different spin on that, go back psychologically where you are at in these moments and what you have going on. So I love that. That I, I think that's, I think everyone needs to understand where they, they've come from, what they've been through, where they're at now in order to move forward. Um, and that's what, that's what these conversations are all about is, is having people have that aha moment and be like, Oh, like stress doesn't have to be, Oh my God, I'm so stressed. Yeah. Wow. That's not, that's not what it looks like to for a lot of people, right. you know. It um, might be their like just general daily, like day to day. And I think that this example that I'm about to give is gonna be really valuable because I think that's an amazing point. So I just want to stay on this for just a second, if you don't mind. Sure, Jane. sure. Um, so in in sports medicine where I started my clinical practice, there's a condition called overtraining syndrome. And that is the definition of overstressing an athlete. Now, most athletes, high-level athletes, are focused on their craft. They're focused on being a better athlete, but there is such a thing as overdoing it. So they're in the yeah. gym for too long. They're pushing themselves. And um, when you start looking at that, it really is like kind of like a short-term, huge stressor. So all the same things we talked about, like cortisol and epinephrine and all these hormones start increasing. And what really is valuable to understand is that for a lot of people, we are kind of like overtraining for our whole lives or for a big chunk of our lives. And we're, and, and, and you are ex, you are uh, putting out more than you're taking in. So you're, you're, if you're using the bank account with uh, kind of like withdrawal and deposits analogy, you are constantly withdrawing, but you're not putting it in. So another way to think about a person that's think, listening to this right now, they're like, I don't know how to deal with my stress. I feel like I'm overwhelmed. I just have so much on my plate is that you need to think about this as I need to increase my recovery because you can't decrease the stressors. Maybe these are all things you can't change. A lot of times when people get stressed, their recovery gets crappier. So they go to bed later. They start putting in things that are not healthy for them. They start turning to stimulates and, and, and alcohol. But overtraining syndrome, like I said, is remedied by hyper recovery. So we need to be so diligent. We need to be 
um, extreme with the way that we try to recover. So if you feel stressed and you can't change those things, then you need to input more things that are going to help you cope with that stress rather than fretting over, I just can't handle all this input. So then find ways of putting more positive things into your bank account. And, and a good example would be, okay, so instead of watching that extra show on Netflix, you're going to go to bed half hour earlier and you're going to start doing a deep breathing routine, for example. And you're going to uh, do maybe a, a yoga or stretching routine that's going to be helpful for you. So think of ways, and I know you've shared this with all your guest experts and all the resources. There are good ways that you can decrease that stress response with positive input. So that's how we counterbalance that. Because a lot of times people are like probably listening to this and they're saying like, I'm in a tough relationship. I'm in a tough job. I'm making, trying to make ends meet. I don't have time. You know, I can't handle this. And I know I, I grant everybody that and everyone's in, not everyone can stay home and just practice meditation all day, but you can find ways of trying to put more good things back in to counterbalance the negative things. Yeah, because it's, it's like, um, I call it like dirty fishbowl right? Like you, you have a dirty fish bowl, you take your fish out of it, you put it into clean, like you can't, and then you just put your fish back in a dirty fish bowl. Like, it, I know that didn't really come out great, but it's I like, people, we're, trying to, we're trying to escape our, we're trying to escape our stress in our lives. So we go to the spa, we go on vacation, we do whatever, but then we're back in the dirty fish bowl again. Like our, right. our environment has not changed. And this is where it's not going away on vacation or taking a break from life or any of those going to the spa. That's really going to help. It's the, it's your environment. It's your, your, your lifestyle, your daily routine. Yes. To your point, yes. this is where you're saying you have to add, you have to make change and add things in that on a daily are going to constantly, would you call it? Fill, not fill your cup. Yeah, so like fill up your bank account. Yeah, you put, fill, put fill deposits back, back in, right? You don't want to be overdrafted in your bank. And then people are living in a stressful environment. And the, I love that analogy because it, it really fits well with when we we're going to now start talking about the hormonal system, like the adrenal glands that are going to be now dealing with that overdraft situation. If we've over decades tried to do all the things, gone to all the kids' events, put them in all these extra sports and then done all my extra jobs and, and, and then hoping that somehow we're going to have a healthy bank account, which is equivalent to our health when we haven't put stuff in. And even the smallest things, we've all heard of the power of compound interest. What you're talking about here, Gina, is brilliant because it's not about, oh, I went to the spa 10 times. It's about what are you doing that's minuscule or might seem like minuscule, you know, the term atomic habits, which is a great book for that everyone should read. These are small things you put in and maybe it's a five minute, uh, close my eyes and, and, and do deep breathing instead of, you know, I got to get that extra scroll in on my Facebook, uh, at lunchtime. It, it could be something as simple as that. What are we yeah. in exposing ourselves to that's can either contributing to our stress or taking away? And I would bet there are lots of things, even though people that are listening to this, they're saying, I have no room. There are lots of things that we do that we can shift slightly that's going to be a positive. So maybe make a neutral into a positive. Maybe we can't like get rid of a negative totally. And eventually the adrenal system, Gina, is going to keep up with that for a while. And for some people, they can keep up with it for 20 years. And for some people, they can't keep up with it for five years and, and they're, they need to change things up or the body starts saying, I'm going to change it for you. And you're going to quote unquote crash, burn out, or these are the extreme situations that people know when the stress is just past their ability to cope and the body's adrenal system, which is kind of like the stress shock absorber. So I'm just going to like keep things afloat, but I know that you're actually in, in, uh, in debt and you are in, uh, in overdraft. So I, I'm going to kind of, um, unfortunately can't keep up with that. Yeah. And I think maybe like, I don't know if COVID kind of exasperated that for a lot of it people, totally did. Totally. right? Like it, we were already, it's like that threshold or that breaking point that we're already living these very stressful lives. And then you add that on top, you know, and it's just, it just like smushed us. Um, this is where I think a lot of women, especially when they talk about menopause and, and uh, hormones in that sense, our bodies are so broken down by the time that our bodies are going through that, that we really feel it because we're not really, right. you know, our, 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 we've been through the ringer with our bodies. 
I, we've been watching a lot of people talking about the blue zone. Yeah. That whole blue zone show, you know, and, and there's people who are living into a hundred and certain areas and people right. talk about the program and what they're eating. And it's very similar to that, which I love. But more than that, people there are, they're, they're not going to the gyms. They're not necessarily taking, they're not taking wax of supplements. They're eating healthy food, but they're walking and they're spending time with people and they're not, you know, they don't have the stress. Everyone jokes about, I'm going to move to Europe or I'm going to go live on a beach somewhere, but we don't, we don't do that. So what can we do that? What, what can we do to mentally, physically be in a blue zone, even though we're not? <laughs> so, so. I, I mean, I think I love everything you've said because uh, it's exactly what people want, but then they just don't put into action. And so no. what can we glean for that? So the first thing is that I would suggest it sounds very basic, but simplify. So really take a look at your life and be like, what do you, what do you really need? I'll give, I'll use myself an example. As everyone probably knows, um, I had my fifth baby recently. Um, she's doing great, by the way. Thank you everybody for their best wishes online. Uh, and, uh, you know, I have four other kids and they're involved in, in athletics and sports and, and music. My wife and I had to really take a look at what we, uh, what we need to do and what would be nice to do. And I had to actually say no to certain things with my older kids in terms of extracurricular events. Now, I'll be honest, the last couple of weeks, there's moments that I had FOMO where it's like, well, am I like, they're missing out. But this is the type of mentality shift that I really think gets us in trouble when we try to do too many things because we think it's a good thing. But in reality, the people in the blue zones, Gina, they are not over committing. They have simplified. They've done the opposite. So we're like, my life is so complex. In 99% of the cases, it's my opinion that people have made their lives more, more complex. Yeah. And therefore, they're setting themselves up for more stress. I love what you said, where COVID exacerbated the kind of underlying issue. And you're totally right. In our current modern culture, because of all the influences that unfortunately are pulling us in the opposite direction of the blue zone, it's complicate your life, do more things, you're missing out, buy that bigger house, you're going to be happier, but it's the opposite. These are all false propositions in my opinion. So what you sometimes have to do is less is more. So really look at your, you, what you're currently doing and the people that are really close to you and be like, you know, what can I finish up and maybe I'm not going to repeat because Right now, if you're feeling like you're maxed out, it's be, it's most likely because there are things that are put in your life that are pulling on your ability uh, to handle stress in in a way that um, is unfortunately the opposite of the blue zones, Gina. And so that's yeah, really I think important to understand. I think this is a great first step for people. A look on the surface, look at your life, take a look at your lifestyle. Am I overextended? What can, what do I have to do? To your point, yeah. what would I, what do I want to do? You know, that's a great first step before you start making any kind of major lifestyle change, like going on a diet, like people are doing with the living method, yeah. like adding in supplements or, you know, uh, you know, this or that. I think that's a great place to start and, and, uh, and honestly make, make room and space for the things that you need to add in to help you manage your stress as well. Right. People right. Like, I don't have time. I don't have time. I'm like, people always say that to me. I'm like, did you, did you do any deep breathing today? Or like, doesn't even have to be like box breathing or fancy ass breathing. It's just like, did That's you actually right. take a minute to take a one deep breath? And they're always like, no. And I'm like, well, there you go. It's something so simple yeah, that can have right. a big impact. And it doesn't take any more time because you're already breathing anyway. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? You, you know, you were a big fan of detoxification. Uh, you, you talk about it a lot. We've talked about it before. Um, there's many ways of thinking about detoxification. And I think one of the things that is a great kind of like segue or a little bit of a deeper thought process around simplification is detoxing your life. So we talk about, you know, foods. So a lot of times people might hear us talk and they say, well, yeah, it's expensive to go see a naturopath. It's expensive to eat healthy. Okay, I get it. There's not everyone has excessive money that they can like put towards some of these, yes, more expensive things, but everybody can eliminate things, Gina, that are not healthy. And so the first thing that people do in the diet is that they take out junk. So yeah. we we do that in the diet. So why not also do that in our lives, in our in our relationships, in our mental emotional states? And so I know that doesn't take, you know, that doesn't happen overnight, but something as simple as, you know, use of 
phones. Everyone, you know, gets a report at the end of the week here. If you have an iPhone, how much you're using it and just look at it. Is it seven hours a day? You actually do the math. Uh, that is really, really high. And Gina, if you, you can, if you're going to look for it, I, I don't know if you, you want to look at that number. Uh, but I've noticed that my happiness, my joy on a daily basis is directly proportional to how much I use this. And just on, a, on, on, on the hormonal level, Gina, when you look at your phone, there is a dopamine hit when you look at something like a news story or a feed or a post or something like that. I'm not saying you don't use that, but I'm saying it's excessive use of that. It's the same thing like that moderation. So, okay, you know what? Look at the Gina Levy post, look at the Living Method post, and then turn it off because then it's half an hour, an hour later, and you're scrolling. But this gives you a dopamine hit. That's a stress hormone. It is part of the catecholamine pathway, which is one of the key stress hormone pathways in the brain. Dopamine is a neurotransmitter. And in order to keep dopamine up, once you get the spike from this, the body has to kind of keep up your stress levels. And when you're looking at a screen, especially at night, your melatonin is being suppressed and your sleep's being, like I could go on and on about the negative impact of some of these little things. This is just one example. It could be, you know, taking out a junky food. It could be taking out sugar. That's a huge detox thing. Uh, it could be taking out something that, um, you know, I'm always blown away, but there are people go out and they're like, I can't, you know, I can't afford any anything that's to do with health. But then I see them, um, buying the latest pair of sneakers and they're like $300. And, and so then I'm like, what's your priorities? Is your, what's more important? What's on your feet or your health? So really yeah. maybe, maybe I'm not giving everybody a kind of a, a stiff message here this, this morning, but I think this is most likely where the easiest low hanging fruit to get to lowering your stress and simplifying really are. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I love this. I, when I, I was in, um, I was in the Bahamas a couple weeks ago for work, mind you. And we, our last day, uh, half the day, we took a down day and I'm trying to decompress and I'm looking around and I'm, I'm of the age where I remember not having a phone. Yeah, me too. Not, you know, where you brought a camera with you and, you know, I looked around and I'm on this just beautiful beachfront and every single person is on their phone, not looking out not just whatever, yeah. even at the pool, people had their phone at the pool. And I'm just like, wow, that the stress that must put on people without knowing. I'm going to give another, I, I was sick a few, a few years ago, two years ago, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and completely like flat out recovery. And my brain wasn't working great. And my body was fatigued. I'd lost a ton of weight. And um, I remember going to drive, drive my kid to school. Cause I thought I'm feeling better and getting in my car and trying to like my, like think about what I needed to do to drive. I remember coming to the intersection and the stress of like trying to just like think about where cars are coming from and then turning around the corner, there was construction and people on the right. street. And I was like exhausted because, and it made me think, wow, we have all these stressors all day, every day. Yes. Yes. that we don't think about and, and we're always on. And then you add the phone to that. And then you're like, you're on, your brain is going all the time. You're on to the point that when you're not on your phone or you're not stressed out, it feels weird. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a weird. habit that has to be broken. You know, I mean, I, I think that that's an amazing analogy because it, it's really, it really rings home for me because I deal with a lot of people that deal with concussions. And for those mm -hmm. people, just like you described, walking across a busy street is like a massive event for some of these people. So we underestimate the amount of information that our brain and our bodies process, both conscious, but mainly subconscious. It's like over 90% of the things that we process subconscious. And those are all little stressors. And we tend to pack our lives to the max. And maybe we're just at that tipping point. Why? Because Somebody told me to, or I think I should do it, or I, I think I'm going to miss out on that. Instead of the blue zone people, they're operating at 80% and they're happy. And they, yeah. and, and it's some, a stressor does come up like an illness. They have bandwidth to be able to increase or decrease as needed. Most people, if you, if you ask them, they would say, if I had one tiny little bit more, I'm going to break. I'm, I'm at the point of, I'm at, I'm about to melt down. I've heard that so many times. But if you pack your life to the point that it's at that 99th percentile, 
then of course something like COVID rolls around and people are just over the deep end. Now it's like a big problem and mental health starts deteriorating, right? So this is such important understanding is that we need to think about our lives, decluttering our lives in the sense that we need to increase our bandwidth and that means simplification. And to your point, use your phone as a tool, but the more you use it, it does add stress to your life. Again, that's one example. There are so many others. There are are thought patterns that we get stuck in. Um, There are events that sometimes we feel like we have to do to this level. Um, So anyways, and that's maybe a conversation to have with your psychologist, your counselor, your therapist to kind of look at some of these things. Because um, you know, I, I think that this is a lot of what I'm seeing in my practice and, and, and as a naturopath, I, I understand some of this, but you really need to sometimes dive deep into the practical ways of, of adding in the positive. And, and in fact, we just talked about removing the stuff that just adds to your stress, make it easier on yourself. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yeah. Okay. So I want to, um, I love this conversation. It can go in so many different directions. Yeah. I want to talk specifically about weight loss. But before I do, I do, I do want to just say to people that, I mean, I'm broke over here, like broken. I'm, I'm, I'm like trying to put Humpty Dumpty back together again because I pushed it too far the other way. And I think a lot of people are like me where, okay, I needed this conversation years ago because I'm already <laughs> extended and I'm just trying to put myself back together again. And it's, it's taken like a whole year and I'm still, you know, there's a lot more I could be doing. Um, and I'm so I just want to be really transparent with people that I'm not sitting up here a martyr and, and being like, oh yeah, that's how I live my life. I'm on my fucking phone all the time. I'm all the things that you're describing. That's me. So I'm in it with you guys. The difference is, is that, you know, people are trying to lose weight while they are not just, you know, improve their lifestyle and, and live longer and, you know, not have a heart attack and crash and all those right. things. Um, so let's talk specifically, um, weight loss. Where yes. does this stress conversation fit into weight loss? Why is stress impacting people's ability to lose weight? Yeah. So let, there's a number of perspectives, Gina, that we can kind of go with this, but let's go with the one that I've, I've just touched on already. And that, uh, that as a naturopathic doctor is really in my wheelhouse that I deal day in and day out. So that is the, the impact of stress on your hormonal system. And it really is a web. It's a system that's so interrelated, Gina. So when a person perceives that they're stressed, and that's important that I say perceive, because for some people, having this conversation would be like life-threateningly anxious for them. But for you and I, we do it all the time. I'm totally relaxed. So the perception of stress is really the key determinant of if it's actually going to be really stressful or not for you. So let's say something is stressful uh, and, and your body has to create a stress response to cope with that. And the reason you want to do that is because it is preparing for something that it has to do because of that stress. So whether it's, I have to work later, I have to work harder, I have to focus more, I need a physical increase in my physical capacity. Um, and so all these things increase a hormone called cortisol in the body. And, and it also increases another horm- group of hormones called the catecholamines, and they're all produced by the adrenal gland. Now, the, the, why maybe some people have never heard of this gland before is because in, 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 in conventional medicine, the adrenal system is really only considered very black and white. It's either super high in something called Cushing syndrome or super low in something called Addison's. 
but there's this really gray, murky middle that conventional medicine is totally ignored. Uh, and that's really where a lot of people are saying, I feel like my energy is really low. I feel like I have brain fog. I feel like I'm exhausted all the time. But then I get periods that I have good energy. I might get good energy uh, first thing in the morning. And then I actually am exhausted the rest of the day. And I have a second wind later at night. And so therefore, I'm like up later and doing my laundry at that time and catching up on work. These are all signs that the body's energy production system, which is one of the main things that these catecholamines and cortisol do, they are just basically trying to keep the body afloat. Now, when you have a lot of these hormones that are elevated in your body in a chronic way, so not, you know, I jumped out of the way of a car and then I go back to normal. It's in this chronic state. The signal the body gets is I'm going to turn off all non-essential actions. So the research shows when your cortisol levels are high, your bone production goes down, uh, your immune system gets suppressed, things that will in the long term hurt us. But in the short term, we're just worried about do you have enough blood flow to your brain? Do you have enough blood flow to your muscles? Is your muscles fueled? Is your heart working? That's really what it care all it cares about. Uh, and then part of that when it comes to weight is that the perception the body's getting is saying, hey, we're under attack, save for a rainy day. You never know when yeah. this stressor is going to end. So what, where's the richest area in the body with cortisol receptors around your midline? Yeah. And so now if cortisol levels are high, the signal that high levels of cortisol give to body cells is store fat at the waist. Yeah. So high stress signals weight gain pretty much. Weight gain. Or fat storage. Yeah. In, again, in most chronic low stress, unrelenting stress in like acute stress, really high level stress. Some people might say, you know, my appetite's really suppressed. Uh, and so there are some people that do experience that. And that is usually in the extreme states. But in most people that are listening to this right now, members of this group, it's for the last number of years, maybe decades, they've been experiencing this state of, I always feel like I'm in a fight or flight mild. It's always under the surface bubbling. I'm always feeling like I'm exhausted, but then I kind of rally. I take a cup of coffee. I get myself going. You know, if, if you were fatigued because your iron was low, you couldn't take a cup of coffee to boost yourself. You know, mm -hmm. if you had some sort of um, sleep apnea, for example, your, your sleep was really off or sleep pathology, you wouldn't be able to kind of prop yourself up. But this kind of like it comes and goes and it's slowly getting worse over time as I'm getting older and it might really hit you at menopause. This yeah. is a classic presentation of adrenal dysfunction. Or if somebody is in the research geeky world, it's called HPA axis dysfunction. Hypothalamus, brain, pituitary, master hormone gland in the brain, adrenal axis, which is like the web in the body. So that's the first hormonal area that I think people really need to know about as it relates to stress and weight. Yeah, it's such an important conversation because people need to understand because they just don't look. They they're they're working the program. They are that guy. I'm, I'm doing everything. I'm eating the food. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, whatever. And they're just not doing anything about their stress. And then you take the impact of cortisol or high cortisol on the body and the stress on your adrenal system. And then you combine that with years of starving and depriving, right? Like that learned behavior yeah. of constantly starving and depriving. So your body's overstimulating as well too, right? So like they, they'll do a hit class because they heard that's good. And so they're actually further compounding their stress levels. So now are they not only fueling themselves properly, which by the way is a stressor. So if you're skipping meals and you're under stress or you're really depriving yourself of your stuff, the body is going to fuel the fuel itself. So what it does, and eh, 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 the little alert signals go on in the brain and cortisol gets increased to melt sugar out of your liver to increase the sugar. So if you feel like if you don't eat, you're hangry, you're miserable, you're angry, frustrated. That's a key sign that your body's cortisol system probably has been dysfunctional for a while and you just can't feel yourself properly. So I see it all the time. I had a person the other day saying, I, I gained weight on intermittent fasting. I feel worse yeah. on intermittent fasting. That's yes. you. That's a key sign that your adrenal system probably is not working well. That's why people, this program, they come in and then they just pull back. They eat even, I'm like, you have to eat all your meals and snacks. This is why people are always like, wow, and I'm actually eating more than I ever have and I'm losing weight. That's why this program is so effective for so many people because it's all about 
addressing your body's needs, giving it what it needs. So on the most basic level, it can actually function, right? So huge. Right. Okay. How would you, you talked about some of the, 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 the signs, how would someone know? Cause I also, this is sort of where adrenal fatigue that kind of, you know, that yeah. it's not a real term, but adrenal fatigue became all the rage a few years ago. Right. Now I'm not hearing so much about that. And it's not like your adrenals get fatigued, but you know, some point between what you say, Cushing's and Addison's, which are extreme, like yeah. you're going to need medical intervention. There is that, you know, a lot of us are dealing with this. So how do we know when it's not low iron or, you know, bees or whatever, or is that part of it too? How do you know when you're- Yeah, it could be part of it. So yeah, part of it is a clinical presentation, Gina, which is what I've just kind of tried to outline. And there's many other things. And so this is why if you're one of these people that's suspecting this, then you should really, uh, you really consider working with a naturopathic doctor to help you understand this because there's a clinical component of things. And then there's a testing component of things. And this is, I think, what you're asking here. And so yeah. uh, part of the testing is to rule things out. So your doctor, your family doctor can run things like iron. And if sleep is a huge problem, uh, if you're feeling like you're um, you're not able to take a good deep breath in the morning or there's something obstructing you, then that could be impacting your oxygen in your, during the night. And that's sleep apnea. That can be, that can be tested and, and treated. So those things have to be ruled out. So that's one way of, of testing. So we have to make sure this is not that. You could have both, okay. totally. Yeah. But then you could test things that that are, that are specifically ad, ad, adrenal related. So for example, cortisol. Uh, cortisol is something you can test in blood. Blood testing, in my experience, is not the most accurate to pick. It's not sensitive enough to pick up the gray area that we're talking about, the adrenal dysfunction. This is kind of like the middle of the spectrum where it's not Addison's, it's not Cushing's. Uh, saliva or urinary hormone cortisol is going to be your best option to test. And you also should be testing throughout the day because your cortisol is quite high in the morning, ideally, and then goes down and then is quite low during the day. It's a stimulatory hormone. It gets things ready. It prepares your, your fuel levels and maintains that function. But if your cortisol is high at night, it actually disturbs your sleep as along with this other group called the catecholamines. So catecholamines are like the fast acting ones. Uh, so think of epinephrine, uh, dopamine, uh, adrenaline. We all know about adrenaline. And cortisol is kind of like that slower acting one. So they work together in tandem to cope with stressors. Uh, and so you, I would do a test to really determine if this is the case. And then you can kind of see uh, after you've done morning, two hours after waking, bedtime, if you wake up overnight, you can test it all these times to see what's your cortisol curve like? And if it's yeah. low in the morning, you know right away that your body's not producing the cortisol at the right time. And there are things that you can do to help increase that. And we talked about some of them with the lifestyle. And there's also things like adaptogens, which I know you're probably going to ask me about when it comes to herbs that help with our adrenal system function. Beyond testing, isn't there like also where people are really low energy during the day, but then, and they're exhausted and they're tired, can't wait to go to bed. And then when they go to bed, they're like just wired and wide awake. Is that, that's another sign of like your. Yeah. That's more so in the sign, like a signs and symptoms category. Yeah. But that kind of it's termed like wired and tired. So like, you're like, I feel yeah. exhausted, but my brain is not tired. Uh, mm -hmm. So that one of the reasons could be or my brain is maybe it's it's tired, but it's it's going a mile a minute. I can't slow my brain down. That's one possible uh, sign that your adrenal system is not doing well. And again, that those catecholamines are not getting cleared up. There's other reasons for that as well. Like for example, deficiencies in B vitamins. You can't convert your B vitamins properly to clear your dopamine. There's 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 particular enzymes called the comp enzymes. Maybe people that have dabbled in 23andMe might have looked at some of this stuff or maybe heard of methylation. Uh, anyways, that's the next level of other things. But from for everyone listening to this, they need to realize that there are signs and symptoms. And there are tests that you can do, Gina, to kind of identify. Okay. And we do have, um, we do sort of have a, a one pager on this in the book as well, when we are talking about adaptogens. So it is in the book under the secondary supplement. So let's get into adaptogens. What, who would benefit from them first? And what the fuck are they? <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, I kind of laugh at the question based on our just conversation we just had, where who could benefit from them? Probably everybody, because everybody. we're all under a lot of stress. So if you're not living in a blue zone, <laughs> then maybe you should benefit. 
I know I take okay. adaptogens regularly because I have five kids and you know we have we lead busy lives. What are adaptogens? They are substances, primarily traditionally herbs, that help the body's stress coping system, the one I just outlined, aka the HPA axis, aka the adrenal system, cope with stress. That's their main job. And there's multiple ways that they do that. Like for example, licorice is one of them. Uh, it's been long used in traditional Chinese medicine for thousands of years. And its main function, particularly, is that it helps extend the life of cortisol. So people that need to cope with more stress, it kind of keeps it there. So that would be something that would be a good short-term issue or if people had low cortisol levels, which you, by the way, can either have high or low gene. And that's the thing about testing is that a lot of people are like, am I adrenally depleted or am I, do I have this excess adrenal? You might have both. You might have one or the other because you can actually toggle between the two. A lot of people start in that kind of like fight or flight high cortisol. But then we actually, if you don't change your lifestyle, you actually may progress down into the fatigued state. Again, I'm using the fatigue in quotation marks. Your adrenal system doesn't disappear and stop producing, but it maybe start producing at the right time. So it was traditionally in natural weather medicine called fatigue, but I think it's now the nuance has shown that it's dysfunction and it's the low end of dysfunction. So adaptogens help deal with either one of those situations. Yeah, I think that's interesting. Like you take vitamin D to, you know, supplement your vitamin D levels and your omega-3 for this, you know, and your magnesium for that. And adaptogens are specifically focused on stress. They're, they're mainly to do with stress. I mean, but then there's many different types of adaptogens. Like, for example, a lot of mushrooms, for example, a mushroom like cordycepsis is adaptogenic in some ways. Uh, ginsengs are adaptogenic. Ashwagandha is a type of ginseng. Uh, you know, there are, there are even substances that might be adaptogen. Like for example, B5 is a key vitamin that helps the body's production of adrenal hormones. So in a sense, it's also adaptogenic because if, listen, if you're trying to cope with this big stress, your body is, is, is really producing a lot of adrenal hormones. We need to make sure that the adrenal system, at least in the short term, has all the tools and, and building blocks it needs. And that's part of the problem is that over time, the body just can't keep up in the production because we don't have the raw material. So if you've starved yourself, if you haven't eaten properly, I mean, you can start seeing the ramifications of this uh, where some of the things maybe we might lose weight in the short term with a very restricted diet, but in the long term, it actually further depletes our key nutrients. And I think this is one of the key things I see as I do that weight recall with patients is that they'll say, oh yeah, I've lost weight with these, you know, Bernstein diet, these like really restricted diets. But then it stops working and, and my metabolism stops being effective. I'm sure you've seen this all the time. Why? The time. Well, one of the reasons might be that you've stressed your body out and you've depleted itself. So you see how this is so important to, for your weight loss. Stress on a hormonal level is foundational for you able to have a good metabolism. Yeah. And I don't, again, with all these conversations, I'm very mindful not to overwhelm people yeah. and take away their hope and be like, oh my God, I'm never going to be able to reach my goals because no. this like stress is such a big conversation. There's so much you can do all the little things that you're doing and just maximizing your efforts are making a big difference. Man, you know, man, not just managing your stress, but trying to get better sleep and moving your body and doing all those things. So, you know, you mentioned mushrooms. I mean, yep. is this you know, some people I noticed in the comments talking about mood stabilizers. Is it a mental thing, a, a physical thing? Do adaptogens do both? Is there like what's, I mean, obviously mushrooms are not talking psychedelics, but there no. is a lot, there's, there's research on that. So that's something completely different. So is adaptogens, yeah. adaptogens have a physical impact on the body. They do. And, and I, I would say the best term probably would be biochemical. So they have a biochemical impact. So for example, an adaptogen called rhodiola uh, has mm -hmm. been studied to help with anxiety, but it also helps increase energy levels. So it balances cortisol levels. And that's neat about adaptogens is that a lot of times we think in the pharmaceutical mode where it's like, what's low and I can increase that. So, you know, that the whole theory with mood stabilizing medications like antidepressants serotonin is low in the brain. So I'll just keep more serotonin around. And that's basically the whole premise of SSRIs and antidepressants. Yeah. Adaptogens are more nuanced. They're, it's not just about how did I boost one particular enzyme. It's about um, helping the body's ability to cope, do its 
stress coping job better. So instead of I'm going to give you more cortisol, because that would be a pharmaceutical approach, I'm going to help the body's adrenal system produce more by increasing mitochondrial function, which in turn allows more production of a hormone that it's being called upon to make. So there's a very subtle difference, but we're basically enhancing the body's own ability to do what it normally should do, rather than giving it an external substance that's going to lock things into place. That's the difference between like uh, antidepressant medication and then taking a herb like rhodiola or ashwagandha, which have research showing it has mood balancing effects, but it's not like it's just going to, there's no dopamine or there's no serotonin in rhodiola. It doesn't do it that way. Uh, it helps the body do its homeostatic job better. Okay. For so many reasons, it's ideal for someone who may be thinking, oh, I could, I would need some of these adaptogens, obviously to go see a naturopathic doctor um, and, you yeah. know, first of all, do some testing. And second of all, then talk about what would be a benefit. Also really important because um, it can interact with medications totally. as well. And so, you know, I have a, a, a Drina Smart here in my hand. There's all sorts of these at the, you know, the pharmacy now, health food store, you know, where's that line? Can people listening, they're like, can, where can I get this adaptogen? So should I just go to the health food store and, and pick some up off the shelf? I mean, obviously ideally speak to you, but what would people be looking for? Like, yeah. And, and this is the gray area, Gina, that's a challenge for some people because, yeah. you, you know, we're, we're giving people information. This is educational in nature. And of course, people want to help themselves. This That's human yeah. nature. Uh, I, even in the, the secondary supplements as part of the Livy program, you talk about an adaptogen. So generally, that type of adaptogen is just one that has multiple ingredients like the one that you just showed everybody. And it is what I would consider kind of like a balanced adaptation where these multiple ingredients do different mechanisms of action, but the trade-off is that the doses are lower in each one. Yeah. So, um, you know, the example I use is rhodiola. So rhodiola, the doses can go from 100 milligrams to 600 milligrams in the research. At 600 milligrams, it has a much different effect than the little 100 milligram. Doesn't mean that it's useless, but it might be synergistic. And that's Something that's really hard for a lot of people to get their heads around, especially that people that are from the pharmaceutical model of thinking, they're yeah. like, how can, you know, you give a multiple ingredient formulation? How do you, how do you know what's, what's doing what? Well, that's the way it's been done for thousands of years in traditional Asian medicine, because there's, an, a, there's a, a precept of synergy that these botanicals, these herbs, the, the chemical constituents, they actually work together at lower doses that, that are that synergistic. So we have to sometimes change the mentality that maybe a formulation like you pointed out might be valuable. But if you have medications that you're taking, or if you have a particular condition, or if you have what, you know, what you would probably look at, I have, I have some major adrenal problems, I suspect, get some testing done. Uh, maybe you need to, maybe you're taking a, a herb that's lowering cortisol when actually you need to raise cortisol. That's a problem. Right. So there are some pitfalls that we have to be careful of. So I think a good way to think about it for people is that, you know, if they're like, my energy is decent, I'm going through the program, I, I'm, I'm, I'm having some good success, but I, I have stress. And I think the general formulation might be reasonable for someone like that. But if you're like, wow, everything Gina and Paul talked about today are like is bang on check, 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 check. I have a lot of those things. You know, maybe that just generic one is not going to be good enough. And you'll be setting yourself up for disappointment because you now need some more targeted intervention. Yeah. I mean, just like supplements in general, right? Some people yeah. do need higher doses of vitamin D or omega-3 or whatever that might be. Um, okay. Cool. I love this. I love this conversation because it's really bringing to light, I think, an area that people are not discussing a uh, general conversation on stress, first of all, yeah. which I think is so we can, you know, you can't hear that too often, but there are things that you can take to specifically address the impact that stress is having on your body, hence adaptogens. Um, so I hope that people, what do you, what do you want the takeaway to be here today? Well, I mean, I think that before we even wrap up, I would, I would also point out, we didn't have a chance to chat about things like uh, thyroid, which, which stress levels do have a play on that. And then also on the reproductive system, a lot of people will notice that once the protective effect of estrogen and progesterone stop at menopause, like you really, really wisely pointed out right at the beginning of the session is that this is a huge influence on how well a person goes through menopause. So if you're finding that you're really struggling after that, 
people don't often know this, but 30% of your hormones are produced, your, your reproductive hormones, estrogen, progesterone, are produced by the adrenal glands too. So as soon as the ovaries stop doing their job, your adrenal glands basically get exposed because they are now taking up the full brunt of that. So if you are struggling with hot flashes, sometimes correcting your adrenals and addressing your adrenals, supporting them, actually really has a huge role to play on your menopausal symptoms. So I just wanted to point out that there's a lot of connections between hormonal systems. They don't operate in isolation, Gina. So we could probably have a conversation for three hours talking about all these different things. And I know we don't have time for that. So I think the takeaway point is um, if you are feeling like you're under stress and you any, anything that we said today resonated and you don't know where to start, maybe start just thinking about that one word, simplifying. How do I simplify my life? How do I remove things that are pulling things away that are, are not healthy for me? Because I'll be honest with you, adaptogens are wonderful. I use them a lot in my practice but they are not going to override a massive stress response that you have day in and day out. So there's going to be some changes that you probably have to make in your life to remove some of those stressors. You can either reduce, reframe, or remove stressors, the three R's. And a lot of that can be summarized in simplifying. How do I simplify my life? Because I, I can't remove my mother-in-law. I love my mother-in-law, by the way. But like, if that's a stressor, you can't, you know, you might be in a tough patch with your partner. You know, eat, that may not be a solution to remove your kids that's stressful. You know, like there are things that you're yeah. stuck with. So we have to find ways of, we have to either reduce or reframe and then put balancing things in on this like scale of my stress feels like I'm just so weighed down. Okay, so I can't remove any of those weights. How do I put things into this side where it's going to start pulling this up where I'm now going to in, be investing in my, in my health? I want people to be passionate about investing in their wellness and health. And sometimes that takes resources and time. And if you're, if you have a lot of stress, you also need to have a lot of de-stress, a lot of recovery to balance that stress. Wow. I love it. I love it. Love this conversation. I love you. I think the takeaway for this group, because every group kind of has its, its own theme in terms of conversations is it's a lot. People are dealing with a lot in trying to reach this big goal of finally and forever weight loss. And again, these conversations aren't meant to overwhelm people. It's to highlight everything that you're, you're working through and all the things that you can do because it really is all connected. It's like you it said, is. we could, we could sit here all day and, and talk this out and still, you know, still have room left to, to talk about a million other things. Um, that's the, that's my takeaway for people is is Brilliant. this conversation is not meant to overwhelm it's to highlight to bring awareness to for you to take time everyone listening and pat yourself on the back because if you're still here following the program week 10 you've done so much already right. and this is just a way to more focus specifically on stress to level up the things that you are doing um so i hope that you uh found this conversation super helpful i hope that you're feeling inspired as always, Dr. Paul, people want to know where to find you. You are a busy man. Um, where should they go? Uh, my website online is a great place to find me. Uh, the The Pain and Wellness Center is the clinic that I that I okay. that I operate under in, in Vaughan. Um, I have a number of uh, providers and other doctors now that are working with me that um, are available for people to see if they can't get in to see me. Um, I'm uh, I'm passionate about helping people, as you can probably tell by my my soapbox rants that I love uh, as well. Thank you, Gina, for having me. Uh, and, and you know, there might be times that people need to invest in their health, and 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 then there's times that they move on, and then they move on to the psychological side, or then they have a personal trainer. We have to build a team, and maybe that team we can't afford that all in one shot, but maybe we look at okay, so I need to correct this, and then I'm going to move on to that. Uh, and so, don't keep kind of spinning your tires. And that's so, and that's what you're talking about, Gina. It's like, it's easy to do that. It's easy to be overwhelmed. Start with one thing you can do today uh, and that you can think about simplifying uh, and you pat yourself on the back that you've done the program. That in itself, following this program is an adrenal recovery program. I have never told you this before, Gina, but I have an adrenal repair diet and I stopped using it when I started working with people that are in the Gina Olivia program because there were so many similarities. So get rid of the crap, but the consistency of eating, the frequency of eating is important at just 
decreasing the big blood sugar dips that you get when you eat junk or you skip meals. And that's a stressor. So in order to repair your adrenal system, by the way, you're doing it already if you're following the plan. Oh, I love that. <laughs> love that. Okay. Dr. Paul Herkel, that's H-R-K-A-L. Thank you. Dr. Dana. Paul Herkel, N-D, if you want to find him. Ah, thanks so much. Thank you. Very thank welcome. You, you. Awesome. Love her convos as usual. Good to see everybody. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.